This podcast is intended for mature audiences. It also contains two British people talking about sex. Did you let the dog out? No. Well, what, what kind of dog? <laughs> Great answer is who, 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 who. Uh. Hello! Hello! And welcome to Teabags and Joysticks, the kinky video game podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sai. How are we, Chris? Uh, yeah. I forgot how, how much it sucks to have a cold, having not had a cold for <laughs> nearly a year. Probably yeah, more than, and more than a year, probably. this time around. Although, thankfully, you seem to be over the worst of it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's still got a bit of cough and a <laughs> bit of phlegm, and, but uh, I'm okay. So if if his voice is a little bit uh, deeper and raspier than usual, he's not trying to turn you on any further. It's just... <laughs> hey! <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe I am. We've had compliments on your voice, though. We've like I've literally had people like, turn around to me and just like, oh, his voice is so sensual. I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> it won't be the first time I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> not to blow your own trumpet or anything. <laughs> I don't think much of it. It's just my voice. <laughs> Anyway, what's the topic today, Chris? Uh, we are talking about collars. We are. Different types, different uses, and all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get to the bag, as it were, what's the tea, Chris? So, um, yes, in Sportsball Corner this week. <laughs> Sportsball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Formula One is now racing in Qatar. Hold on a moment. It's like, why is it me chanting in that? Like, I'm, don't worry, we'll get sports ball corner in a moment. Just why is it me chanting on that? Because like, I'm the least I... sporty between us. It's supposed to be irony, Simon. Uh, but I've not got any Washington that have been done. What? Irony. Iron. Oh, Iron. God. <laughs> Anyway, Sports Ball Corner. Sports Ball Corner, Formula One racing in Qatar. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, our seven-time world champion, has put a rainbow flag, a progress rainbow flag, on his helmet as a kind of protest thing. It's the updated one. Yes, it's the updated one with the the, um, intersex intersex logo. Yeah. Is symbol logo, logo. logo symbol? I, I would have said symbol, but yeah, yeah. either word works, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I am just going to say I appreciate it. See, okay, let me preface this by saying that it's a nice gesture. And yes, I guess I see what they're going for. However, it feels a little empty to me. Right. Um, I, I, I'm not going to go for the word empty. Uh, I think, like, he could do more. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's also not really his cause, and he could have just walked away doing absolutely fuck all, and like every other driver on the grid has done. Okay, but, like, here's my thing. You say this is not really his cause. 
And yet this is not the first time that he's spoken about uh, LGBT issues. This is not the first time that he stood there as an ally. Did so during Pride Month, and from what I understand, he's done so before. Um, no. Now, he... no, 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 the Pride Month, that was Sebastian Vettel and Aston Martin. I thought he had the flag, etc. during Pride Month as well. He didn't, no. Okay, well... Mm. No, okay. that was said. This kind of makes me side-eye this just a little bit more. Okay, to add a note here, Lewis Hamilton spoke about the LGBT rights issue in Hungary when Formula One raced there, but you know, I was still correct. He didn't put a pride flag on his helmet or his car during Pride Month. Here's my thing. For someone with as much presence, frankly as much money, and as much of a status as he has in the sport and outside of the sport. Mm-hmm. Putting just a flag on the helmet seems a little bit... Well, you tried. Um, well, Now, don't get me wrong. I see the value in the gesture. I see that, you know, people are going to see this in the country, assuming it gets broadcast. That's a whole other argument. Um, and yeah... For for the LGBT people in the country, yeah, great, okay, there's a sign of support coming from that sport. However, I feel like for as much clout as he has, there is significantly more that he could have done. And quite honestly, I honestly think if that's the way he feels about it, that he's going to go out of his way to do something like this, something which, let's let's be frank... It does take time and money to do this. This is not just like, oh, we threw a Pride a pride logo instead of our normal one, like you get corporates doing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, to redo the library and everything, you've got to run it past your sponsorships and everything else. Okay. Now, personally, I don't think it should be raced there at all. No, I think most people actually agree with that. <laughs> I know it's not his choice, but it's his choice to turn up. I okay. I am not sure what he's supposed to do. So, or just pull out of the race and yeah, protest the fact that it's been run there by an organisation that claims to have this stance to be uh, pro equality and pro rights, etc. I mean, yeah, there are some people who argue racing there with a protest helmet, basically. Uh, Races it more? I'm not sure about more, but it definitely raises the question. And yeah, Lewis himself has said in press conferences that he's still trying to educate himself, uh, which I appreciate. Uh, uh, admitting you don't know enough about a thing is positive. Mm-hmm. I'll grant that. Don't get me wrong. But here's the thing, this is somebody who is fairly privileged in the grand scheme of things when you look at sort of the amount of clout that they have and, and their position. Like, if they walk away from this race, they won't be the only one. And my thing is this, like, I don't agree for a second that others are going to walk away if he does because they agree with the, the course. No, sorry, let's be frank, they're going to walk away because they don't want to be the ones that didn't. Mm. Lead by example. 
One one movement makes what uh, one gesture makes a movement. You know, I can I can see that. And here's the thing: like, let's let, let's you know take a step back. Walking away from the race, etc. I'll grant you that's an extreme position. I get it. However, you could have advocated to uh, ensure that the LGBT members of your team didn't have to go on this particular uh, trip so that they weren't in danger. You could have donated a certain amount of your like performance, appearance fee, whatever it's called, your sponsorship money, etc. for that particular race. Hell, just 5-10% of it to local charities trying to advance the cause, etc. Okay, I'll give but you that. But instead, you, you put that time and money over to just changing the library on your helmet. I mean, and okay, that's we, the bit that don't... makes it feel empty to me. Okay, we don't know who of the team members are there in Qatar. But regardless, yeah, I, this one I would agree that if he had lost the World Championship because he had pulled out on this race and Saudi Arabia, uh, presumably, um, yeah, that would make him something else. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't even have to be that extreme. Like, I haven't seen... as I'm, like, bowing to your knowledge on this because I only know, like, the barest tidbits because I am not a sports fan, full stop. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been no mention of donating a fee towards the local causes. There's been no mention of sort of doing things to try and elevate the the progress, etc., in the country. It's just we put. No, as far as I can, as far as I can tell, no, he has said a few words about it. He had, he had talked about it with various media outlets. Um, and that in, don't get me wrong, that in itself is good. Yeah, of course. But it just. So my problem is this. Every Pride Month, we see every brand out there throw a rainbow on themselves. And I'm sorry, when like as far as sports goes, like in sports, like your name is your brand. You are a brand at that point. Yeah. Like, not and just I'm in sports, but, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but like I'm at the point where it's just like seeing the rainbow on a brand to me is as meaningless as seeing. Snow and Christmas trees on a brand. Because I don't believe for a moment that you give a shit unless you're backing it up with actually action and time and money that goes beyond what you are, like, basically obliged to do. At the same time, we have also seen, actually during Pride Month, that the corporates only change their logos to the rainbow in the so-called safe countries. Yeah. Fair. I'll grant you that. That's a that's a fair counter. And Lewis is in Qatar. And and I'll grant you that. But I maybe it's just fatigue on my side. But I've mm-hmm. I've reached the point where oh you put the the rainbow flag on. How cute! What are you actually doing? I mean, I've just I've reached that point in general with this whole kind of like. Well, let's slap the rainbow on things. Like, I have the same problem. Like, it wouldn't matter what sport you told me this was, I would have the same problem. I have the same problem with football doing the rainbow lace thing. In fact, if anything, I find the the football with the rainbow lace thing rather insulting because they've been doing this now for 10 years and they've still made next to zero progress in trying to sort of work and and get rid of a lot of the LGBT discrimination that happens in the sport. Mm 
I feel like that is mostly from the supporters. And yeah, I know it's shit. But the club should lead by example. And I'm sorry, Rainbow Laces is not leading by example. No, no. Um, I don't know. I just find like the whole like oh, let's slap a rainbow flag on there just feels to me from my position, which is admittedly privileged in a Western country where it's you know we have significantly more rights than elsewhere. Like we're not fully there, but you know, damn sight better than Qatar, for example. Like it just feels like if that's all you're doing, I have to look at you and go, you have so much power and so much position here you can do more I mean no one can argue he couldn't do more I just feel like he did put it there purposefully to make a point rather than as a kind of corporate pink wash really that's fair and it's like I said at the, at the top of the tea sort of thing I grant him it's a gesture and it's a welcome one. It just... Please back it up with action. You know? Yeah. Like, I, and I think this is my thing. I, and to be fair, I'm probably being a little over harsh on him because I am... I don't know what other word to use for it. I'm so fatigued of seeing it done so often at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'll put my hands up and go, hey, I'm probably being a little bit unfair towards him here. But, like, you've got so much opportunity, you've got so much leverage that you can use because of the position that you occupy as being literally the household name of the sport at this point. Yeah. You know, please do more. We'll see if there is any more. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now I'll go on record and say this, and you can make me make me my words in the next episode, assuming it's all done by then, because I don't know how all this works. Oh, if he wins, because the he, the racing guitar hasn't happened yet, as far as I know. If he wins the racing guitar and he comes off and he's talking about it in all of his like post race interviews and everything, that you know, basically no one can avoid broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, okay, I'm gonna doff my hat and, a hat and go. You know what? Fair play. You put it on the helmet. You forced it. You you like forced talking about it. You put it in the post race interviews that like they've got no choice but to try and either air or cut around in a way that's going to make everyone go, well, that was fucking hard. What did he actually say? I'll I'll take my hat off and go. You know what? Okay, fair. Like that's sure. But the thing is, that's got two things on it. It's predicated on him winning, and it's predicated on him doing it. But if I he mean, does it, yeah, you know. I mean, he doesn't have to win it to have interviews. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know how all this works, but you know what I mean. Like, if if he goes out of his way and then keeps make, making the point, like, in ways that can't be avoided, yeah, fine. I'll put my hands up and go. I was absolutely wrong. But if all he's done is put put the helmet on, you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's. Let's move on to your team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still, I, I still, uh, yeah, I, I still appreciate it. And um, yeah, I hope more sports people can follow with the at least a similar thing because yeah. right now it's not good enough. Um, but yeah, everyone does what they can. I get that. 
Everyone does what they're up to. I fully understand that as well. Mm-hmm. But I think there's going to be a lot of people that are giving a free ride here because of the rainbow helmet. Not realizing that there's an amount of time and money that has to be spent to get that done. Which could have potentially been better spent versus changing the library on a helmet by donating to a cause, etc. And there are other ways that you could have... kind of conversation? Say again, sorry? Is it going to raise the same kind of conversation if he donated to... I don't know. But there are other things that could have been done that raise that conversation that don't take that amount of time and money. Contribute to the conversation and allow that amount of time and money to be diverted to more like proactive and, and sort of more things that move the needle as it were I mean maybe anyway um, we've been talking about this for <laughs> 15 minutes we've been let's talking about on. this a <laughs> yeah let, let, let's, let's move on uh, what's on your tea uh, on my tea this week is something that everyone should know but I feel like we're going to have to keep fucking repeating and you know okay. where I'm about to go with this Yes. Gear is not consent. Gear is not consent. Gear is not fucking consent. And okay. the other side of this that I'm also going to say is just because you know that somebody is there as somebody's sub does not give you A, the right to treat them in any, any particular way, and B, the right to expect that person to defend you if the sub says no. Mm-hmm. So, also, yeah, a sub is only that particular Dom's sub. He's not. Everybody's sub. Mm-hmm. So, context for the listeners, we were out after my graduation. Uh, what, last week at this point? Congratulations for your graduation. Thank you very much. But we were out after my graduation, which, yes, I did wear leather for, which was amazing. Um, but, like, we were having a drink afterwards, and I'm I'm there in my full leathers. You've got your service collar on. Like, and, yeah, and a leather bar vest. And mm-hmm. Apart from that, I was in my normal clothes. <laughs> like jeans and crap. in your defense you were meeting my parents for the first time so yeah okay um <laughs> also, I but anyway have any letter at we, that time we'd gone out for drinks in the evening with a couple of friends um and i'm talking to a friend of ours like my son and this guy had been hovering around for a little while yeah clearly knew that you were my sub comes over to you sits down and so, from my perspective, I don't know if anything got said beforehand because I was in the middle of a conversation as well. No. But to what I could see, didn't introduce or anything like that, just reached but, over and grabbed your crotch. Yeah, basically, yeah. He he, he didn't grab, he, he kind of lightly touched it. Okay. I hear you tell him, basically, to fuck off. I told, I told him, uh, no. Just very firmly, no. But then he looked at me for permission. What the fuck? And this is not in, like, this is not, like, invited or anything like that. We are just having a drink in the Eagle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't and an event or anything. It yeah, was just there was no event, there was no nights. nothing. It was just that he came over and grabbed, his, grabbed your crotch and, like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. Like, like don't fucking you, do this shit. What are you doing? And I was just 
baffled more than anything. Like, what? Uh, I'm on. I, I will be very. What do you honest. think you're doing? <laughs> I'll be very honest. I'm very grateful that our friend friend was positioned the way that he was. That meant I couldn't move. <laughs> mm. Because I would have very happily just just dragged him away from the area, <laughs> just sort of taken him over to the management. Just <laughs> yeah. Like the moment, like the the moment he looked at me for permission, I'm just like the fuck. I I told him where to where to put his head, sort of thing, and he very quickly scampered away. But like, Jesus. Yeah. So that, that's I, my tea this week. It's like gear is not consent. Someone being a sub. I mean, it- this... Means fuck all to you, yeah. And don't sexually assault people, fucking creepy dickheads. I honestly, I don't know what that guy was thinking. I'm not sure he was, or if he was, I don't want to know. Mm. I... No, I'm. Yeah. I mean, I've said it to you before, but like, I'm genuinely sorry that happened to you, and it's just like. I'm still genuinely shocked that someone was so brazen. And we're used to people being fairly upfront with us. Yeah. But yeah. that was on a whole other level. Yeah. At least, you know, make some eye contact. Is this okay? Like, no, no. He, he just went straight for it. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? I was. I, mean, I, I wasn't feeling, like, violated or anything. I was just baffled. Like, mm-hmm. What? <laughs> and you're right. Like it, that's I. I think. I mean, it doesn't excuse his behaviour either way. But I think that's a fair point. This wasn't like there'd been any pre-contact. This wasn't like there'd been like eye contact made or sort of things that could be misinterpreted or anything like that. This guy just came over to us brazenly in the middle of the fucking bar. Yeah. Fuck's sake! Like I just gear is not consent. Being, someone being submissive is not consent. The only thing that is consent is them saying, yes, it's okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> on that. Hmm. Shall we move on to the bag of the episode? Oh, talking of collars, are we? Exactly. Because we, we <laughs> mentioned there you were in your uh, service collar. That's right. So... We are talking about collars today because there's like some people, some people only use one type of collar, but there's actually a sure. few different kinds. And I figured like it might be an idea that we talk about some of that today. I mean, yeah, some some people use them in these kind of ways. Not everybody does. And mm-hmm. uh, how you use your collars, where you, how you define them, that's your matter, and we are not here to judge it. Absolutely. But I think at the same time, it's worth noting that there are some commonalities in the way that some people do use collars. Yeah. The way that we tend to use our collars is, I think, a fairly straightforward common approach. I think so, yeah. Um, But some people don't. Some people prefer having sort of their own methods. Like, some people don't even use a collar. Some people use, like, a ring or a bracelet or... A, yeah. Like various different things, but like the principle is still the same. Mm. So the th- the question that I'm going to start out by asking you, Chris, is what does your because you're the one that wears the collar in our relationship. What does your mm-hmm. collar mean to you? And let's start with that before we necessarily get into different types. Okay, kind of it's a symbol of our relationship, basically mm-hmm. for me. 
uh, in that I am, for the most part, uh, submissive to you. Mm -hmm. And within reason, I would try my best to do what you say. Mm -hmm. So I think there's maybe a couple of things I would add to that if you feel comfortable. Okay. Despite what we said in the tea about Satyagir is not consent and, you know, just because someone is someone's dom doesn't mean that, like, they overrule that person's permission, etc. I think it's fair to say that there is an aspect of, and correct me if I'm using incorrect terminology here, like, an aspect of ownership yes. between us that is inferred by the collar. Yeah, that's the word that I was trying to avoid, um... I don't know why. I was well, no, I, I think word, it's but... a fair word to use, but I think maybe yeah, yeah. we should clarify that when we say ownership, we don't mean in the sense that you are my property as such, or that I control everything that you do. It's I more mean, in the sense although of... Although the idea would be hot, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, more, it's more in the aspect of like... It's, it it signifies an agreement between the two of us that you will allow me to have a certain amount of extra, I guess, power, control, and influence yeah. than, say, your quote-unquote average relationship. Yeah. It's kind of a symbol of power exchange, in a way. Yeah. In, 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 a, in a fairly significant way. Should we talk about how it came to be that you have my collar? Uh, in terms of like how we get to the point like cuz you can do dom submission etc without a collar of course yeah. you don't have to have a collar to do that mm -hmm. you wear a physical collar yep that was something i gifted to you and there's an idea of and it's it's something that we kind of ascribe to earning your collar y yeah yeah and i i distinctly remember you telling me as well like when you got your collar people congratulating you on earning your collar I did. You did. I remember you telling me about people at your local fetish night saying, hey, like, congrats on getting your collar sort of thing. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of a similar vibe to, you know, congratulating on you know, scoring a boyfriend or something. <laughs> <laughs> it feels that way to me. No, I get that. I, I, that's, that's fair. You see, I'm curious on this from your side of things because... Maybe okay. Well, no. Let's rewind a little bit first and go and say that like you earned your collar. What about? I mean, we talked about it before, half, but half probably a year or something? yeah. I'd say probably say about six to seven months into our like dom sub relationship. Mm. Um, although you had been using a service collar before that, but yes. your day collar you earned uh, about six seven months into our relationship. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is a good time to talk out actually about the difference between a day collar and a service collar, just so that we're not like mixing terms up. And, like we can maybe dive yeah, a bit yeah. deeper later on. But for yeah, essence, all the different colors people have. Yeah. Exactly, but for essence, just so that, like people know what we're talking here right now, your day collar is a collar that you can wear literally every day, and your service collar is a, is a particular collar that you wear when you're in service to me. Yeah. And yeah, the the day collar usually when people talk about them, they are kind of more discreet, uh, 
anything else kind of kind of lighter and more suitable for daily jobs i would not necessarily say more discreet or lighter i would say that they can be interpreted more as jewelry to the average vanilla individual they do that because that doesn't yeah, necessarily some, mean it some, has to be lighter no but some I don't know. Some people stay colors could be quite colory. Yeah, <laughs> but I I think like it very much comes down to personal style. So like someone who you know their personal style of choker is going to match like a, a choker style day color on them is not going mm-hmm. to sit out of out of thing. You know. Yeah. See what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we're sidetracking. Anyway. Yes. So you earned your color about six seven months into our relationship. You'd been wearing a play collar before that, but only during sessions sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. A play collar, service collar. Play collar, service collar, yeah. Play is... yeah, Another word for being in service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm curious from your side of things. Because you knew that I was considering getting you a day collar. Mm-hmm. I think we were quite openly talking about it. We were, but even before that, I think you knew it was something that I'd had in mind true um i'm curious from your side of things like to me there was an aspect of us having to get to a certain point with each other that i'd felt that you'd earned it although i couldn't now quantify what that exactly meant in terms of what you would have to do it was more an innate yeah i feel like this is we're at that point sort of thing yeah so i'm curious from your side Mm-hmm. Was there an aspect that you felt you were trying to get to a point of earning it? If that makes sense. Honestly, I think it is both ways. Mm. It's both ways. Like, there is the aspect of you giving me the collar and me actually accepting the collar. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's how it should always work anyway. Yeah. Um, and this is both a consent thing and a if you want to have that power exchange as well. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of this comes comes to trust and mm. the time we have spent with each other and knowing each other better and kind of realising, oh yeah, we are going to take this seriously, basically. Yeah. Like, this is going to be an ongoing thing uh, rather than a few, a, a few one-offs. <laughs> kind yeah. Of, you know. I think it's safe to say that while we say like we were doing like our sir sub relationship for like what five, six months or something like that before we became boyfriends, mm-hmm. in reality, I think kind of the color kind of signifies the movement from kind of being almost like friends with benefits, although obviously we had the relationship come in a little bit before that, but like it kind of moves it from being that friends with benefits, more casual thing to being more of a sort of structured, you are my, you are my submissive and sort of inferring that kind of ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, that fair? Quote unquote. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, from my perspective, it also says you are someone who I would like to serve mm-hmm. like in a kind of long term it's a it's a bit of a commitment, really. Yeah, don't just. I agree with that. Put on someone's collar just 
because apart mm-hmm. from play apart from play collars some people do put on session yeah, collars some people on their play yeah. collars, but we'll come around to that because i yeah. like i do want to spend a bit of time with that um do you want to describe your day collar do you feel comfortable okay. describing your day collar yeah it's kind of a leather cord a twisted leather cord uh, and it comes goes around my neck mm-hmm. uh, and comes to a small padlock. <laughs> that, 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 that's it. <laughs> I, I don't know what just, else to Just say for the sake it. of our audience, because I think this is kind of cute. Like, you can't see the smile, but like, he, like when I asked him, <laughs> asked him to like, describe his collar, he's like, as he's holding his collar, there's this nice little smile that's on your face. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really cute to me. Um, but yeah, so yours, yours is like leather cord. With a silver padlock that yeah. it's like the padlock is chosen specifically because it looks like a jewelry piece. Mm. Um, and you do wear that literally every day. Like, I don't yeah. think, yeah, I think apart from once apart or twice where we've had to, broken. <laughs> well, this is what I was about to say apart from once or twice where we've either had to take it off for health reasons or safety reasons. Or because we had a slight hiccup with it that needed repairing. I don't think you've actually taken it off since you were presented with it. No. I think you can probably count on like one or two hands the number of number of days that hasn't been on your neck since you were given it. What three and a half years ago? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I forgot about the health problems I've had because yeah, a bit of a skin condition. Yeah. Um, But it's like it's one of those things. Um, However. Mm-hmm. Then we should maybe talk about your play collar, or what we call your service collar. Yeah. Uh, and your service collar is not as subtle. No, no. So your service collar is a thick chain, I guess, is yeah, probably the word a, I would use to describe this. Like it It's is a, a thick chain. sort it's of... It's a stainless steel chain. Yeah, it, um, basically an industrial stainless steel chain with a very thick yeah. uh, brass padlock. That used to have my logo on. Yes, we should do something about it. We should do something <laughs> about that. For context, so our listeners know, in some, not all, but in some kink circles, some doms do like to have their own like logo or sort of inscription that denotes like themselves. It might just be initials. It might just be yeah. something symbolic. I have something symbolic, and you have that on your padlock. I mean, it's also not uncommon for some doms to just literally their name on it yeah (laughs) you know well exactly but you know these are aspects of colors that you know people may see and people may not know about Mm -hmm. um so you have that on your brass padlock that's you can't not notice that and that was kind of designed deliberately that you can't not notice that Mm -hmm. uh and you will wear that basically when we meet basically most of the time it's like we we do actually have some protocol around that that where it's safe to we will have me put that on you when we meet. Yeah. Um however, that is a collar that I have sometimes banned you from wearing. Not mm. because of anything that you've done wrong, but just from a safety aspect. Yeah. Because that that is such a thick collar, like you can you can grab that easily versus a kind of a necklace like collar, which is what your day collar is. Yeah, if you grab this one and yank it heavily, it's just going to break. Yeah, Where, whereas <laughs> the chain, not so much. No, that's um, a chain. <laughs> My neck is going to break before that. <laughs> exactly. So it's just like, you know, that doesn't mean that you weren't in service. It just meant there are reasons we're not using that. Yeah. Um. So 
to you, because I don't wear a collar, because I not anybody's sub that I have a collaring with, mm-hmm. and we don't really tend to extend anything back from you to me, which most uh, sirs and doms don't tend to do either, in my experience. So I'm curious to you, is there a big difference, I guess mentally, but I'm going to say in general, between when you're wearing your day collar and when you're wearing your service collar in terms of the way that it makes you feel or the way that you want to interact, etc. Like, yeah. You see the question I'm kind of asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do, basically, do I behave differently? I mean, yeah, or, but like, I feel I, like behavior is kind of implied. Or, or, it's more like internal. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah mentally. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Because um, I feel like when we meet, regardless of which color I'm wearing, I feel like I, I do the same thing. Uh you can get me to mentally to the same point that yeah that I would you know you see that's interesting because I see your service collar and you wearing your service collar or or more to the point you giving me your because you carry you keep your service collar with you Mm -hmm. Um, because like with nature of our relationship being long distance there are times that like we'll do something on video etc and you wear your service collar for that Mm-hmm. I see your service collar as almost almost a sign of you giving consent because it's yeah. a signification yeah. that you're ready to go to that headspace because despite us being Sir and Dom and despite like you always mean my boy and you know that does permeate our everyday life we're mm-hmm. not a total power exchange relationship and so I kind of see your collar as you giving me the signal that you're ready for me to take that extra few steps of power. Okay, fair enough. I think the surface collar uh, does help me get into that headspace quicker. Mm. But I don't think it's necessarily a thing I can't do without. Yeah. You know. And I mean, we we've shown that by the fact that you, well... To each other. We've shown that by the fact that, you know, there have been times that I barred you from wearing your service collar. Mm-hmm. Because also, because it might not necessarily make sense that I barred you from wearing it. Like, you wear your service collar essentially 24-7 when we are together if you're in service. So it doesn't matter whether yeah. we're in the bedroom, whether we're on the street, whether we're just going for a meal, etc. Mm-hmm. It's worked into your overall outfit, look... I don't I, know I quite what the right word here is. Just, yeah. Just me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've definitely, like, had times that we've not used it. And so, like, yeah, you don't necessarily need it. But when that's the case, we tend to have a conversation more about me taking that control. Like, we've, we've kind of settled on the collar being a visual cue of consent for me. But then there are times that you can't wear it, so we have other conversations sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, let's be clear with our listeners. Like, this has all been heavily negotiated. Just to be clear, like, going back to the, our negotiation episode, like, we're talking about consent here and what works for us because we've negotiated this works for us. 
Like, we're kind of giving you a viewpoint into that. So, maybe now is a good time to touch on the different kinds of collars. Because we've talked a little about, yeah. like, what your day collar is. And we've talked a little bit about your service collar. Yeah. But there are some other types of collars out there as well. I mean, they're also day collars, service collars. They don't necessarily look like mine, mm. basically. Uh, all sorts of materials, all sorts of Oh, there's some designs. amazing stuff out there if you look. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine has a paracord that they use. Oh, yeah. And it, like, it's, it's loose, and it just looks like a fabric choker. Okay. Uh but it's elasticated. So like, you know, if anyone tries yeah. to grab it or anything, like it's it's going to stretch so they they can sort of maneuver sort of thing. It's it's mm-hmm. really cool. I really like it. Uh another common one that I see is people using chain dog collars. Yeah. That tends to be quite popular within the pup community. Okay, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like there's all sorts of materials and things. And but I yeah. think an important thing to point out is a sub having their collar is as much a literal thing as it is a, a terminology thing. Because you wear a literal collar. Yeah, in the sense yeah. of you wear something around your neck to denote your like ownership and service. Sure. As I mentioned for earlier in the show, some people it's a ring, some people it's a bracelet, some people it's a particular piece of clothing. Yeah. You know, it yeah. doesn't have to be a collar as such. But they would yeah. still consider themselves owned or collared. If you remember, at some point I was, before I had this one, uh, I was wearing a padlock on my trousers. Yes. that's that's, uh, And we use that one as well, actually, when you couldn't wear your full one. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. a point that you couldn't wear your full collar. Um, it was a safety reason. So, yeah, padlock on, the, on your uh, trouser belt loop. Um, but yeah, there's a few other types of collars, though. So mm-hmm. we've said about day and play. Uh, there's also a, like some people use a protection collar. Yeah, I don't really know that much about that one. Okay. I'm being honest. So I have been, it's similar terminology to chastity, I guess. Like I have been somebody's like key holder, as it were, for their protection collar. Uh, and that was a friend of mine. She was fairly new to the whole kink scene, the whole BDSM scene. And she wanted yeah. somebody who she knew that she could trust, who yeah. had more experience than her, that she could talk to about uh, kink scenarios, etc. And if it was a comfort thing, like she might sort of start talking to someone and, and then go, okay. Just so you know, like, such and such has my collar. I need to talk to them before I can play. Or I need to talk to them, like, to go through X and Y, etc. Okay. And this was something, like, they approached me and said, hey, can you do this for me? Yep. And I had no problem. Like, I, I would happily, like, they were a friend of mine, are a friend of mine. Like, I would happily hold hold their key, as it were, for their collar sort of thing. It wasn't a physical one. Like, this was very much more, like... uh a symbolic one rather yeah. than a, a physical thing um, but it was very much a case of like I'm happy to do that and um, they wanted me to meet a couple of their doms over time like they hooked up with and things you know just to, as an extra like safety step like 
it was just yeah. another way of ensuring their safety and giving them that extra peace of mind. So like, okay, well, someone else has met this person and someone else mm-hmm. is like watching the safety here, you know? Okay. Yeah. Kind of a security check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess a bit of a security check. Yeah. There's also, have you heard of a digital collar? A digital collar? A digital collar. I'm not the biggest fan of them, quite honestly, but it's a thing. So digital collar being when you have a collar of someone that you haven't met in person, and it's like right. someone giving up that, basically the same exchange of like, oh, like I want to like give you my collar, etc., but uh-huh. online and having that control of someone like through the online thing. Okay. I'm not a fan of this personally. What's the difference between that and, I don't know, just a standard collar? Essentially, it's the same. It's just this is with someone online rather than someone in person. Yeah. So it might be that you've not met them in person, etc. Now, I'm not a fan of this. Okay. I think... I used to like the idea when I was much, much, much younger and inexperienced. And there was a couple of guys online that I'd speak to and it's like I would, I would be happy to like have that level with them until I wasn't. And it's... I feel like it doesn't really hold the same weight because I feel like it can't necessarily hold the same weight because you're lacking that in-person dynamic and trust build, etc. I'm not saying you can't build that trust. I'm just saying it's significantly harder to do. And for that reason, it just doesn't work for me because it's just like, okay, but, you know, why am I going to spend this much time like dealing with all that, etc. if there's not really an outcome here, I guess, versus I can be talking to a guy on recon and meet up with him later that day and build that rapport with him over a few months and have that collar in person. Is that... Does that make sense? I, mm, I'm not going to dismiss it. Do you think you can have some kind of connection, even if you're just doing online play? I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying that I'm the kind of person that finds that much harder to do. Yeah, agreed. And as I've got older, I found that harder. And so for me, a digital call is just not really something that I consider anymore. I I still don't see how a digital collar is different from a. Why do you need to specifically say it's a digital collar if you're if you're collared to someone else? It's just a collar. I mean, yeah, that's. I don't, again, I don't disagree. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> so there's another. Here's the thing. Like, there's another kind of collar as well, which is a consideration collar. Okay. Yes. And I don't particularly like these either. Mm-hmm. So do you want to tell people what a consideration collar is? I mean, well, it's kind it's, of in the name, but... Yeah, it's kind of self-explanatory. You're thinking of colouring someone, but you're not sure, so you put a collar on them anyway. Mm. Um. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the idea of a consideration collar is like, okay... We're fairly new at this, and this is something that I think could go somewhere, but I need you to prove yourself beforehand, so, like, we'll start here, and then we'll progress. And it's just like, okay, I kind of understand the idea. Yeah. But for me, if I'm at the point that I'm starting to consider that with someone, I would rather talk to them and go, hey, look, like, one, is this something you're after? Two... Mm -hmm. 
is this something that you want to go down that route? And three, like, if we go down that route, what does this mean for you? What does this look like for you? Like, this is what I want. Let's negotiate this, etc. And to me, it's... It feels like... It feels like a false gesture, almost. It's because... If you give the consideration call, you like eventually there's a point that you either turn it into a full color or you take it away. Yeah. And that feels... I don't know. There's something about that that feels off to me versus okay. just talking to someone and going, hey, so this is where I'm at. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. Are you down for this sort of thing? I mean, I presumably they have to do that anyway with, while putting the considerate colour on them. You just, they, they just lock someone around someone's neck. Oh, no, absolutely. Just, <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like adding an extra step where it's not necessarily needed to me. It feels like it overcomplicates it. Yeah, it feels like a halfway house thing. Are you coloured or not? Um, what are the... What yeah. Are the, you know, what are the extra rules here now? And then, but is it like being? Is it like? Okay, this is going to be a bad analogy. No, no. Is it like being engaged and not married? <laughs> oh, I've never thought of it that way. Mm, okay, you see, when you say it like that, I can maybe see a bit more reason to it. I guess I've never thought of it that way. Okay, but then the final uh, type of color uh, that I'm aware of, maybe you're aware of more. Mm. is like a permanent collar, which Once. is the same as, well, very similar, maybe not the same, kind of a hybridized day and service collar. Yeah. Except you can't remove it. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of these okay. either. I understand okay. they work for some people, and yep. I think this is something that's probably more common in a total power exchange relationship. Yep. But yep. for me personally, I don't think it's something that I would be comfortable with from an SSC and rack perspective. That's fair. Because my thing is, if it's on there and it's welded on, it's permanent, etc., if anything goes wrong, like, can you get it off? Can you get to the, get to it, etc., for safety, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Again, I find the idea hot. Um... Oh, don't get me wrong. I see why it's hot, a hot idea and why some people do it. It's just for me personally, like, I have concerns over the safety. No, you're not wrong about that at all. Uh, yeah, there's not not that much else to say about a permanent collar, is there? I don't there's... think so necessarily. It's essentially a combination day and service collar. Yeah, and if it's welded on, is probably pretty noticeable. Mm -hmm. If someone is wearing a permanent collar, if someone's collar is welded on, they are like properly committed to yeah. the lifestyle. And that and that's kind of like I get why that works for some people. Yeah, it's it just not for me, you know. <laughs> uh, I think I think there's a lot of practical concerns with that kind of thing in terms of like, okay, well, like how's work and etc. going to happen? How's travel etc. going to happen etc. You know, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What misconceptions do you think there are about colours? There are a lot of misconceptions about colours. Okay. Uh, we have already touched touched on one uh, T. Mm -hmm. That oh, um, it, the person wearing a collar is basically free for all. Uh, yeah, they absolutely 
aren't. Um, needless to say, I hope mm-hmm. all listeners already know that. I would say there's an, on an extension of that as well is there is a school of thought that if someone is wearing somebody's collar, then it's immediately up to the person who owns the collar as to whether that person plays or not, which is also false. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. The other misconception is, I think, someone who wears a collar means that they necessarily have someone who collared them. True. Very true. Like, some people do choose to, like, have their own collars. Like, I know a lot of pups do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people do choose to basically wear their own protection collar. Uh, yeah. And literally, they put it on themselves, like before they go to an event, because yeah. it, like, there is that sort of perception, I guess, is the right word, of the ownership that is inherently around collars, etc. And they want to have that extra layer of sort of, I guess, protection, so that you know, yeah, yeah. they they can go if they if they're in an uncomfortable situation, don't feel empowered to necessarily kind of bat it back fully themselves. They can turn around and go, hey, like. Sorry, I'm collared. I can't. I'm going to go, you know? Uh-huh. That's, and absolutely, yeah. like, more power to you if you're doing that, because, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I haven't thought about it that way. Uh, any others? Yeah. Um, that a collar is something that people can play with? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. Like... There's a weird thing for me, and I don't know if you've ever caught me doing this. <laughs> right. I get very protective over people touching your collar, particularly yes, your you service do. collar. Yes, you do. And I'm not even 100% sure why. I think it is maybe that ownership extension of it. It's like, I have seen people like just come over to you and play with your collar, and it's it's made the uh, hairs on, on my neck bristle sort of thing. It's just like, hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, treat the collar as part of the person. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't go just randomly playing with someone's cock. Yep. Uh, so you don't randomly go playing with someone's collar without asking them first. Yep. And also, don't like, don't be in this position where it's just like, even if somebody says like, "Hey, yeah, you can play with me," it's like if you're being disrespectful towards the collar. You aren't only disrespecting the sub, you're also disrespecting the sir as well as an extension of it. Because yeah. usually the collar is, is chosen, like, in combination with the sub, but, like, the sir will have a lot more influence into, into the choice of collar, usually, in my experience. I Not, think that's probably fair, yeah. Yeah. Not as Not in, like, oh, like, they're going to yeah. force you to wear something that you don't want to wear sort of thing. Just, like, yeah. I know with yours, we, we went for a slightly thicker version because I wanted you to have a nice like chunky color because I thought it suited you more. So I agree. Yeah, you, so you you came and asked me about what do you think of this? And I, yeah. Like yes, I would really like that, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. And it, and <laughs> <You know? laughs> so like there's definitely been occasions where like I I've seen people kind of fingering your color with a little bit of sort of oddness and I'm just like I like <laughs> bristling slightly. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also seen people come up to you and like put their hand like on the back of your collar and I, I've immediately stepped forward and told them to let go of it. Because it's just like, no, you don't have the permission one to touch my sub in that way because he didn't give you permission and two yeah. to have anything to do with his collar. 
Like you, you have no claim here, sort of thing. Because I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll hold. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit protective. I'm a little bit sort of territorial. <laughs> <laughs> but you give me that. Um, what's the word? You, you give me the consent to be like that with you. Like you're happy that I'm like that with you, from what I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. I'm sure there were some exceptions, but I can't think of any right now. So yeah. let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but the one thing I will say is me and you have a fairly good back and forth about what is and isn't okay when it comes to being like that with you. Yeah. And like, there are definitely people that I know you are happy for them to be like that with. And I'm like, while I, while I watch it, because I'm always going to watch it because one, I'm always watching for your safety and two, you know, it's something around your neck. I'm always going to keep an eye on it. Full stop. Because that's just an SSC thing for me. Like, if they're your friends, I'm not going to have the problem with it because I know Mm. everything's fine. Yeah. You know, it's it's more like random people that I tend to get more bristly over. (laughs) I think it's once happened with someone that you knew and I didn't. But I didn't know that you knew them. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like very quickly solved. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is one other misconception I can think of. The color of the collar does not necessarily mean anything. Because the color okay. of the collar is very often chosen based on a few different things, admittedly. But based on the, the sub and the search preferences... And the sub-style, or at least when I do it, it's based somewhat on the sub-style. Yeah. It's not the same as the hanky code colours. Because in a lot of gear, people... Like, some people choose their their gear colours based on the hanky code, etc. Some people, like myself and yourself, choose it based on what works for us, just as a general colour scheme thing. Mm -hmm. Um, In my experience, this is not always the case, but in my experience, colours are not really considered when it comes to hanky colours? Uh, as a general rule. not It's not 100%, but as a general rule. No, it's not. Uh, you, you would... Depending on the style of the of the colour, really. If it's a play colour and it's kind of one of those leather... Kind of basically, if it matches with your, your wrist restraints, that's probably more likely to mm. be no, colour-coded. Fair. That's fair. Um, but if it's a, like a, a chain or like a leather cord, then probably not. I, yeah, I, I think it's like as a general rule, it's as probably leans towards not being. As a general rule, ask. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if in doubt, ask. Politely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one other thing that I think we ought to talk to. Talk to? Talk about? Yes, we, we shall talk to the caller. We're going to do an interview with... The, with Hello, Mr. Collar. How are you feeling today? There's one other thing that we should talk about with collars. Um, And I think that's the idea of losing a collar or having a collar removed. Oh, right. Okay. Which is a thing that does happen. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that we've talked about before. Yeah. Uh, But it's a fairly, in my experience, this is only for me, like other sirs, etc. on as... Hmm, what's the word? <laughs> I've oh, known no. some sirs be very quick to remove a collar. I've known some sirs that don't think it's a thing unless you're breaking up. 
Right. Now, for me personally, removing a boy's collar or taking a collar away from them is a big thing. Yeah. And it's something that can be done, and it is something that I will occasionally use as a punishment if it's an extreme thing. Mm-hmm. But there's very particular circumstances that that would occur under. Now, as we said earlier, as well as being that consent and everything else that we, we've talked about, like the way that we use your uh, session collar, etc., your service collar, sorry, um... For me, the collar is also, as you said, an indication of trust. Yeah. There has been, and I hope you're okay with me sharing this, there has been occasions that I have said had to say to you, look, the way that X thing went down makes me have a problem here, and it raises a problem with trust. Like, consider this a fair warning that I am concerned about the trust here, and that if we reach a certain point, we are going to have to discuss, like, temporarily taking your collar away because it means that there is a fundamental problem with the trust. Yeah, yeah. Now, to me, that's a very extreme thing. We have to get to a very particular place for that to be a thing. I, I think that's happened once, at most twice, in, like, the four years that we've been together. Yeah, and it's the kind of conversation you would remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, to be fair, I mean, are you comfortable with us talking about what it was, just so that people can see kind of how yeah. extreme an example this yeah, is? Yeah, okay. So we were like in a session situation, um, like we'd been having a fairly heavy session, to be fair, mm-hmm. and we were going through through a, a particular kink, and you were uncomfortable, but yeah. you didn't use your safe word, yeah. and I. Because I knew you so well, I could see that you were hitting your limits, and I called the safe word and pulled us out of the session and, and sort of did the aftercare and we settled down. Mm-hmm. And then as we were talking afterwards, it's just like, look, this is a really serious thing here. If, you, if you're not going to be using your safe word and things, if I can't trust that you're going to be able to use your safe word and things, we're going to have to take a serious look at the nature of our relationship and, and that yeah. may mean me having to take your call off you for a period of time. I mean, yeah, this is a the safe word. It's a discussion for another time because I, at the time, I was having a different interpretation of when to use safe words as you did, mm. and and that's why we needed to have that kind of like serious, yeah. fundamental conversations about this relationship. Yeah, and let's be very clear: this is not a th- like a threat that I made lightly or anything like that. This isn't like, oh, I'd use this as some sort of wield over you. This was like, this this was us sitting down and having a very very frank conversation about consent and about our relationship dynamic and everything else. Yeah. Like this was part of a much bigger conversation that we're not going to get all of it into in the time that we've got here. And and honestly, it's between us anyway. Yeah. Fuck off. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, no, like stay. we no, stay, as stay. much as much as <laughs> as much as we're happy to pull examples out from our personal life, like we have a right to a certain amount of privacy with this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, my point here is, if a sir is wielding that as a constant thing, oh, I'm going to take your, your collar off you if you do this, that's not okay. No, no, that's abuse. Yeah, no. Like the I have only ever done this with you, like once, maybe twice. 
and in both occasions it was a very extreme sort of there's something fundamentally wrong that we need to deal with here yeah so i just want to stress here that like this wasn't a case of i was using this as leverage over you it was a case of we were already talking about the nature of our relationship at that point yeah and the nature of the way that we handled certain aspects yeah exactly it wasn't just oh you were unhappy with me yeah or you know particularly pissed off with something like no 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 there wasn't yeah (laughs) this wasn't a thing done in anger or coercion this was a like we see that as a fundamental part of our relationship and there were fundamental things that were wrong you know in some ways the collar to me with our and this is very much for me with our relationship but i don't mind putting it to a sort of thing um the collar for me with us is very symbolic of, I guess, the health of our relationship. Mm. And sort of the fact that we are so connected, that we are so sort of in step with each other in terms of the kink side of things. Yeah, fair. Yeah. And it comes back to that that we were saying earlier. Like, to me, because of the way that we use your service collar, it's very invocative of you giving me your consent to go to those extra levels with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of... It's more of a symbol. Yeah. Uh, that's a fair way to to call it, and I think that's where we ought to maybe leave off on it. Like, a collar is very much a symbol of the relationship between the Dom and this sub. Mm-hmm. There's options that go into choosing it. There's a few different types that can be used for different Dom-sub relationships, like relationship dynamics, but... Ultimately, it is a symbol. Yeah. Just do me a favor and make sure your symbols are safe, please, guys. Because, you know, there are some choices for colors that, you know, please consider RAC and uh, SSC, you know? RACK. Thank you. (laughs) Spell. You need to spell. I'm dyslexic, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But with that said... I think that's all we can really cover right now. So, mm-hmm. shall we move on? Yes, shall we? Shall we add the sugar that is the five-minute Marvel? Okay. Because we've seen Eternals now. Okay. And uh, we have uh, thoughts. Okay. Thoughts. <laughs> or at least I do. So, do you want to start with your opinions? Because I think mine might take a little minute. I mean, it's fine. It's, I thought it was fine. I think I would sum it up by saying it's not Thor the Dark World, but it's close. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And the more I look at it, the more it irritates me. Which means it's slowly slipping down to being worse than Thor the Dark World, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, I think my biggest problem with it, and I think this is fundamental to what's wrong with the rest of the movie for me. Okay. I understand why they did it, but you are trying to introduce us to far too many characters simultaneously. Oh, yeah. And that means that no one really has a time to shine, and so they end up taking shortcuts, which ends up damaging a lot of the movie. I think that was always going to be the case um, with with the Eternals. Like, when they first announced it for the entire team, I'm like, mm, okay, I, 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 I'm not sure you can do that for, for the entire team. They say they try to do it with what? Uh, who are they? The runaway? No, the, the Inhumans. 
That, mm. Which one was that? That got cancelled eventually. Yeah, in, well, both of them, but in humans, yeah. Yeah, and like, mm, there's way too many people. Yeah, and I think it's. I mean, I, I won't get into the Inhumans because that's been and gone. But like, I think the problem is you're trying to introduce us to ten characters simultaneously. Yeah, and I think actually this is a movie that would have been better serviced as a Disney Plus series because you could have taken the time to focus on each character. Yeah, and then build up to the big ending. Now, there's a lot that this movie does wrong. There's some things this movie does right. There's been a lot made out of the fact that, hey, like we finally got a gay superhero in the MCU. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry, I wasn't a fan of that. Full stop, was not a fan um, of that. Like yeah, Because was... of the way that they introduced the characters, we got four or five minutes, maybe, of anything indicating that they're gay, and then never mentioned again. <laughs> Apart from, like, <laughs> oh, I have a family. It's like, okay, great. I mean, you have a white pick events. Fine again. I thought it was fine. And it was lip service. They, they showed up again at the end. And like, okay. Yeah. It was a little bit of lip service. I also did not like the way that they um, trampled through history, shall we say. Yeah. Spoilers, which you should already know if you're listening in the five-minute yeah, exactly. mile. There is a scene that they place in... Hiroshima. Hiroshima. And it's not just around Hiroshima and all leading up to it and etc. No, they stand in the ruins of Hiroshima mm-hmm. immediately after it had dropped going, what did I do? Don't do that. Don't use an event like that for pathos. No. no. I'm sorry. There are much more tasteful ways you could have done this. I mean, you know the the best way you could have done this? If you want to have that big, like, critical, world-changing event, etc., you're in the fucking MCU. Mm. You've got Sokovia. You've got the Battle for New York. You've got various different things that you can go backwards through and go, what did we do? Because the entire thing being that humans genesis from uh, your tech, etc. You could have gone to any of these points. You did not need to go through uh, that avenue. That was cheap. That was honestly disgusting. Yes. Um, I mean, they also make an entire argument that, okay, you don't actually need to watch any of the MCU before this film. I mean, yeah, but you could have still done a reference to something that wasn't standing in the ruins yeah, of, of Hiroshima. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not necessarily... Saying hell, uh, make like something Sokovia up and put it earlier in the in the yeah. uh, timeline. You know, yeah. I don't know. Also, can we talk about like how fucking stupid it was that Icarus flew into the fucking? Oh yeah, sun? that was stupid. I, I... I'm sorry, <laughs> but like you want to talk about on the fucking nose? Basically, three or four out of ten, if that. Okay. That's where I come down on it. Oh right, all right, that's. I really didn't Something. like it. What? Like, I enjoyed it when I watched it. The more I think about it, the more it irritates me. Mm. I, was, I was still thinking, it was fine. Excelsior! Yeah, pretty <laughs> average for me. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Chris, do you want to tell the audience what's on your joystick while I calm down a, down a bit? <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, there are a lot of games that have come out recently. Um, oh, there's been loads. Yeah, because uh, it's getting to that the end of a year. Uh, nearly. Mm-hmm. Holiday period. Um, anyway. <laughs> I want to talk I'm about. Sorry, what was that voice? A holiday period. I don't know. I don't know what that was. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's the same as because um, holiday is the word that you know the gaming industry tends to use. I'm like, well, no, I, 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 no one says that, especially <laughs> in the UK. So I'm just kind of making a funny, no, funny voice. <laughs> um, I want to talk about this game called Moon Globe. Bay. I this is the um is it like vo- do they call it voxel art? Pix uh, p- probably. It kinda looks like voxel artwork. Voxel. Like the whole like blocky kinda pixely kinda Yeah. Yeah, is that what it's called? I have no idea. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, it's um a fishing, cooking game. It, it's it's better than how it sounds. Um, and it's got a nice, like nice chilled storyline, which kind of starts off with a pretty sad note, I guess. Okay, in what way? I mean, your character's spouse dies on the opening few minutes yeah that's a bit of a uh, position to start from yeah but the whole game is about that the whole game is about oh how you can remember someone it's kind of a whole journey through grief and I think that is the whole point of the game okay see I looked at this one on the store and it didn't grab me but I'm always kind of intrigued by games that do that kind of Journey through emotion, journey through grief, journey through you know, yeah, yeah, moving, kind of moving forward, trauma recovery, etc. That that kind of thing that's like okay, let's analyze the way that we cope, Mm. type of thing. I didn't realize that's what it was about. Yeah, um, like throughout the game, you see the shadows of not not literally, um, but yeah, you, you do see the shadows of your spouse like everywhere. Right. Okay. And at the end of the game, oh, spoilers. Um, do I do spoilers? Do I say the ending? No, I'll, I'll leave. The no, ending. don't spoil. Yeah, the I'll, game. I'll leave. Like, the if ending. you if you can kind <laughs> of like, is it worth seeing through to the end? Do you, do you like get? Is it satisfying? I guess. I like the. I really like the game. I I find the game really charming. Uh, right. And it's chilled. Yeah. Uh, you. It's just fishing. It's just fishing. You do mm. it at your own pace. Uh, meanwhile, you talk to people from town and you're trying to restore a town that your spouse was really passionate about. Right, okay. And, yeah, it's kind of doing the entire thing in their memory and then moving forwards. And uh, also, you've got a daughter. Um, that kind of thing. Wait, I do? <laughs> Sorry to, spin, spin, sorry to um, break it to you mother. this way. Don't, yeah. tell <laughs> Don't tell my mother. Don't tell my mother. Yeah. So, 
That's Moon Glow Bay on my joystick. Moon Glow Bay on Xbox only, actually. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't know. That might be one I put in my rotation when I can. The game is longer than you think. Okay. It's about yeah. I put about thirty hours in it. Is it fair to say it's a game that you want to be in a good headspace before you start, though? Because by the sound of it, it's a bit heavy. A little bit heavy. A little bit heavy. Okay. You can get stuck into it and forget about the story um, at various times. But to start, it's it's the start that's pretty heavy. Okay. I mean, I guess I'll give it a look at some point. But I'll be very honest and say, hey, like, I'm having a little bit of seasonal depression, so that's going to be one that I put a little bit further down the list. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, fair enough. So that was Moon Glow Bay. Why do I have trouble getting my mouth around that word? Moon Glow Bay. It's just... I don't okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, fair enough. And your joysticks? Uh... Well, okay, so on my joystick this week is something that I didn't plan on having on my joystick this week. Oh. So on my joystick this week is Halo Infinite. Yes. Because I was going to talk about um, Back for Blood. Oh, right. Which I will give a very brief kind of, like, mini synopsis on this, which is I never played Left 4 Dead. But apparently it's le- it's a Left 4 Dead-like. Yep. I quite enjoy it, but it's a lot of moving parts parts that you need to learn to kind of get in a rhythm with it. Okay. I'll come back to that one, because I want to play more of it before I actually properly get into it on here. Yeah. Halo Infinite multiplayer dropped Monday. Yeah. And we're now on Saturday. Yeah. And it's about all I've played since it dropped. Apart from the odd Rocket League when I'm, like, cooling down. Mm-hmm. I like it. Oh. Let me preface this and say, I like it. Okay. It feels like a Halo game. And that's a very big praise coming from me as someone who had basically written Halo off. Okay. Because I said this in the multiplayer beta, like, it felt like Halo again. But I wanted to see whether that continued. It seems to have. I have a lot of problems with it. Right. Okay. always do this (laughs) yeah for starters the customization system is broken the customization system is utterly fucked because they've put microtransactions in the game oh right i see and not only have they put microtransactions in the game they've hidden color selection behind microtransactions and i'm not talking what's still egregious but considered semi-acceptable Warframe where you buy a palette and you can choose colours from that palette. Mm. No, no, no. You get to choose a colour scheme. and That's all you can use. And you don't get to customise the colours on that colour scheme. And if you want it slightly different, so let's say you know, you get blue with red shoulders, but you want blue with only one red shoulder. Right. You have to hope that comes up as another colour scheme that you can buy through the store. Ah, I see. You can't do any customization of different areas of your armor. Okay, that's not very good. A feature that we have had since Halo 2. Yeah, that's not very good. That's one example. Sure. They released armor sets into the cosmetic store. The first armor set that they released on there was 
valued at approximately $20 for one armor set. Wait, what? Yeah. $20? Yep. That's half the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, now, maybe here's a third the thing. of the game, but yeah, still. To put a bull bar on my Warthog, I have to buy 1,500 points. And 1,000 points is about seven ninety nine. Hmm. Now, admittedly, that bull, that bull bar comes with a, I think it's a keychain, an emblem, and a colour scheme for my vehicles as well. But no, this is not the kind of stuff you should be locking behind cosmetic buys. <laughs> put it in your season pass. They've put season passes in. They, yeah. like, they had Master Chief Collection that they trialled the season passes in that you didn't have to buy, let's make clear. You just had to earn enough points to buy from them. Hmm. So in Master Chief Collection, you played the game, you did certain challenges, and let's say a challenge netted you 200 and it cost you 100 to unlock that particular item out of that tier. Okay, fine. Come round to Halo Infinite, you get these season passes. Season passes are standard play on free-to-play games at this point. Okay, whatever. You're going to charge me for a season. You know what? It's a bit egregious. But a £7 thing for a season that's meant to last about three months. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I'll let it slide. But they've put things in the season, sure, but they're also doing this store thing, and it's just like, really? Like, at what point are you going to stop nickel and diamonds? Because... Irritating thing about these season passes is they've already had to tweak the multiplayer rewards because they weren't rewarding you enough to actually move through these season passes at oh, any sort shit. of uh, pace. <laughs> because they, you could play a game and not get any experience for this season pass. Oh, wow! So they had to rework. They had to rework the challenge system to allow you to progress because everyone was in it with pro. And then there's the color thing, and then it's just like it's step after step. And literally, you know that like people make the argument about oh, you know. You're not losing anything because, you know, you, it's, you don't have to buy it. It's optional, this, that, and the other. The problem is they're taking out core features of the damn game. Yeah, yeah. yeah there is no there one on this planet that... that can argue that there is any reason we should have to pay for pre-designated colours that we can't even choose where we put them. Mm. When we have had a colour picker since Halo 2. In fact, no, we've had a colour picker since Halo 1 because you could pick the entire thing of your armour. In Halo 2 and 3 and so on, like you could individualise certain pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I did think that. It's ridiculous. Okay. In terms of the maps and things, the maps are fun. There's not enough big team maps. They fundamentally don't understand that big team is very much about the carnage because their maps are too too busy and all come down to, like, there's three lanes. <laughs> the weapon sandbox is interesting, but there's way too much overlap between guns. Okay. Uh, it looks like Halo, though. It plays like Halo. It needs tweaking around the edges. Don't know whether it will get it or not. So gameplay is good. Uh, microtransaction is terrible. Mm-hmm. Basically. Fair enough. It's It's been enough to keep me playing it solidly for a week. Yep. We'll see if it carries on. It does have me a little bit excited for the campaign. Mm. Oh, and also, their AI bots that you can fight... Are very impressive but very flawed. Oh, <laughs> if it, okay. so if you have a flag on a platform above an, a ground level and there's no clear path up there, they will run around underneath the platform, and they can't, dri- <laughs> and they can't drive vehicles. It seems. But apart from that, <laughs> apart from all the things I hate, I kind of like it. <laughs> well, the, the, the campaign is definitely something I am um, up for checking out. Mm. Um, 
normally I don't really shoot guns that much, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll withhold a full rating on it until the campaign comes out. Multiplayer alone, yeah, it's around a seven. It's serviceable, but there's too many things that are just really irritating as fuck right now, but give them a chance to fix it, sort of oh, thing. Okay. So. But with that, I think that's the end of the show. Yeah. The only other thing I'm going to say is between this show and our next show, we have World AIDS Day on the 1st of December. We do. So please uh, grab your ribbons and show your support, etc. Uh, but other than that, where can people find us, Chris? You can find us on social media as TBNJ Podcasts. Find all our links on the link tree, uh, which is linktra.ee for slash TBNJ Podcast. I swear you do that each time just to irritate me. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a voicemail you can leave messages on if you want at anchor.fm forward slash TBNJ Podcast. But for now, I have been Sai. I've been Chris. And we shall see you next time. Bye. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. This episode is edited by DB and Joe Chris. Assembled comprises royalty-free audio. The opening and ending music is Quarter Conundrum by DOAK. Thank you for listening to T-Bags and Joysticks.